Thank the Lord. scriptures here based on some conversations uh, I've had off and on a little, little while and through the years. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. <clears throat> and uh, Lord help me, I'd like to preach a little bit about keeping God's word. Amen. Keeping God's word. So uh, 
chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. And whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. Ye have heard that it, it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall, be, uh, shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go the way First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift. Let's bow our heads. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that your word is forever settled in heaven. I thank you, Lord, that you do not change, but that you have been the same generation after generation as time has all gone by. And I thank you, Lord, that by that, Lord, we can know who you are and what you are. And I thank you, Lord, for the great gift of salvation that you brought unto us. Come by and anoint these people lips of clay, I pray. Help us to draw closer to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. <coughs> <coughs> But um, here in these scriptures, I think it's an important part for us to understand. This, it, you may not recognize this, but this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. A lot of times we think the Sermon on the Mount just includes blessed are they, blessed are they that do all those. But it comes on down and he's talking about the Word of God. He's talking about himself. Huh? What was that voice that spoke the word to the prophets of old? It was our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. He is the word. And so it, uh, he said right there, he said, do not think that I come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Amen. The destruction of the laws and the prophets would have meant that uh, so many of the 
the Old Testament law and, and the ways of the Old Testament would have been cast out and thrown away. But God still got away. Amen. Amen. And a lot of it, it stands on the shoulders of all of the Old Testament word. Yeah. It's important for us to understand that. Jesus said he came not to destroy. Come on. But to fulfill. Not to destroy, but to fulfill. What was it that was not fulfilled about the Old Testament? I know there were prophecies about the Messiah coming. He fulfilled those. But there were other things about loving our neighbor. Huh? About, you know, if we have aught with somebody. Uh, have you ever read the the uh, the laws, the Deuteronomical laws about you know if you're you come across your uh, neighbor's cow, what are you supposed to do? Just keep on going by? No, you're supposed to pick him up and carry him back to his neighbor, huh? And if your your neighbor's in trouble, you're supposed to help them. I mean, there's so many things about that, but all all of that wasn't fulfilled. And the Jews cried out and, and really felt like, it's too much. We can't do all this. We can't remember all that. And the reason for that was because it was beyond them. Amen. Jesus came not to destroy it, but to fulfill it. Amen. Huh? How can he fulfill that in us? I can tell you how. Uh... In the Old Testament, in a couple of places, he said, I will write my law upon your heart. Huh? That's the fulfillment of it. And it could not fully happen until Jesus came, made that perfect sacrifice for you and for me and for whosoever will. It was not until then, till that law could come and energize our heart and help us to live out what God had always planned. I love those scriptures uh, over in Romans. People talk about, you know, you've got to sin every day. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, we're, all, we're all sinful and uh, can't live for God. And, but I love it right here. It says that the righteousness and... Uh, Romans 8 and 4 says that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Yeah. You and me. The righteousness of the law is going to be fulfilled in us. We can live holy. We can live righteous. We don't have to change what God said. We don't have to change God's word. We don't have to destroy uh, God's laws. Amen. Jesus in our heart and our lives enables us yes. to live holy and righteous and clean and pure in this present day. Amen. And so said uh, the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. I don't know about you. I want that. Amen. I want that. And then he goes on. He says, I, I say unto you, till heaven and earth shall pass, one tittle, well, I'm sorry, one jot and one tittle shall in no wise pass 
till all be fulfilled. I don't know if I can express this, but Jesus is the writer of the future. Amen. Mm -hmm. Huh? He knows what's going to happen ahead of time. Yes. He's got it all within his plans. Amen. And, uh, and so nothing is going to happen until it is all fulfilled. And he said, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass. In other words, go unfulfilled from the law until all be fulfilled. A jot or tittle. Aurora, you know what a jot is? Yeah, it's not the candy jot. Okay. Andrew, you know what a tittle is? Huh? They are the two smallest letters in the Hebrew language. A jot and a tittle. Okay? And he said, those will not pass. They're not going to disappear. They're not going to be erased until all be fulfilled. God's word is true and right and it's being fulfilled in our, our day. Amen. And in our sight, we are seeing the wicked uh, they're 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 waxing worse and worse, huh? <clears throat> For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Did you know Jesus wrote about that? Huh? I know he called them vipers. He called them stiff-necked. Called them whited sepulchers. He's called them all kind of things and all that. But in here, he's given them what we down south here call a left-handed compliment. Huh? <laughs> left-handed compliment. He's saying, except your righteousness exceed theirs, you're not going to make it. Huh? Any, anybody ever tried to call you a Pharisee? Huh? Yeah. Just pointing back to this scripture right here. Huh? Don't be a Pharisee. When they say that, they're talking about somebody high-minded, that's not real. That's not genuine. Uh, God wants genuine children of God. But I can tell you that the Lord will help us to be able to do His will. I don't know. Maybe it's a wrong saying, but I've been saying it for so many years. I might as well finish out with it. But uh, it wouldn't be right for God to say, be ye holy as I am holy. And he never had the real intention of you doing it. Right. Right. Huh? Right. That wouldn't be right. <laughs> wouldn't be right for a big, strong, mighty, holy, righteous, sinless God to tell poor little old me who's a sinner, 
who, uh, you know, some days I'm not sure where I'm at when I wake up in the morning or which way I'm going or how things are going to work today. You know, ask me to be like him unless he makes a way. And that is exactly what he has done. Woo! Thank the Lord. I'm so glad we don't have to have a high intellects or or be real smart or to be real book learned or whatever and I'm not talking bad about anyone who's got any of those things but praise God from the least of us to the greatest amongst us we can live for God and we can show his glory to this world as we walk Ye have heard said of them by uh, by them of old time. I guess that's kind of like saying the old timers used to say. Huh? But anyway, of them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you, listen to this, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of judgment. Huh? Amen. But when I'm angry, I always have a reason, don't I? That's not what the scripture says. It didn't say a reason to be angry. It said a cause. There are some times we look at somebody and their actions and we misinterpret them. Or if you've been married for a long period of time, sometimes our spouses don't have to say the whole sentence for us to assume they're saying something they've said a few times before in our lives. And and we make, huh? You ever see what I'm talking about here? Right. Huh? To have a cause. To be angry. Amen. When somebody, and they do at times, intentionally try to harm you, hurt you, embarrass you. Uh, but I'm sorry, there's one right there. You ever been embarrassed by somebody? Did you know? And I could be off on this, but I don't think a lot of times people think, I'm going to embarrass this person. I think a lot of times they get into saying something Uh and it brings embarrassment. So we have to be careful about how we envision how we see others acting toward us. It is always best that if somebody embarrasses you for you to act like it never happened. Mm -hmm. Uh Amen. My mama, she's not with me, but she would have said, that's right, son. And she could embarrass me. 
We don't need to be angry either without a cause, without a, uh, a, a definite cause that you have done evil and wickedness to, uh, against somebody to mar their name, to discredit them, to make them out to be a liar. Uh, those type things, to be without a cause. Do not be angry with our brother without a cause. He says, he said right there, he said, whosoever shall say to their brother, you're an airhead. Well, that's not exactly what it, the word said. It said raka, but the word raka interpreted means, oh, empty one. Huh? Might as well be an airhead. Huh? A space cadet. Whoop. Uh, you know, something else that people used to, uh, you know, don't talk about people's elevators not going all the way to the top. Huh? Or being a brick shy of a, you know what I'm talking about. That's the same word as raka. And the Lord's called us, said for us not to do that. Not to do that. Said, but uh, he also goes on and says, Whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. I don't know about you, but I, I have done my best to eliminate that word fool out of my vocabulary. I don't think about somebody being a fool, because if I think about somebody being a fool and try not to say it, it won't work. I'll say it. And so I, I just take that out of uh, my whole vocabulary. And, uh, and I just pray for people like that. Okay? I just pray for people like that. I guess we're not going to be here very long. Uh, Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there... Rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar. Go thy way. And first be reconciled to thy brother. And then come and offer thy gift. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Jesus even said, offenses will come. And... There are many times we try for there not to be any offenses. Right. Brother Jeff does not like to offend anybody. But there are times, Brother Robert, I feel like I do it regularly. <laughs> and I don't want to. And those people that I offend, you know, I, I've admitted to it, you know. I offended them. Of course, now, I don't always tell y'all every one of them I've gone back and where I can without um, backing up from the, the Word of God, I try to make it all right. right. Huh? Yeah. I want them to receive the Word of God. Amen. I don't want them to reject it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the reason for rejection. 
But there are some times when you stand for the Word of God, when you stand with those things that are right, people will be offended. When people get offended because of your chit-chat, there's, there's problems there. You need to examine your chit-chat. You know? Um, need to examine what we say to people. It's... This generation is not... And it's not just this generation. It's, it's Aurora's generation up. Of course, the, the ones closer to us is easier to deal with. <laughs> Sometimes. <clears throat> but uh, some of these generations are difficult to deal with. Their priorities are different. Their acceptance of what is right and wrong is different. And so we, we do need to try to do our best to be reconciled. Amen. Reconciled. There have been some times, <clears throat> there have been several times I felt like I had things reconciled only for them to be not. And it's like you get to the place of what am I to do? Come on. What am I to do? How many times do you have to say I'm sorry? How many times do you have to apologize? Maybe not necessarily for what was said, but how you took it. Right. Huh? I had one person uh, tell me years ago, said, you preach all over me. I said, I did not. Said, I was the only person in church that was guilty of what you preached about. And I said, I said to this person, I said, oh no, you were not. There were several others that were just as guilty, but I wasn't pointing guns at anybody. I've tried my best in the years not to point guns. It's important for us to try to have peace among the brethren and the world. Those who are outside and those who are inside. Amen. And uh, I remember Brother Butler used to bring this particular scripture out many times during our communion time. He would say, now if you've offended somebody and uh, you need to make reconciliation, now's the time to do it before you take the communion. Amen. And I think he was right. And so we're to be reconciled to our to thy brother. Can I tell you the first one you need to be reconciled with? It's with the Lord. We need to make sure we're right with him. I know we make our children, I hope we still make our children uh, apologize one to another. And uh, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. But if they haven't apologized to the Lord first and just apologize one to another, that's not going far enough. 
We need to be teaching God's ways to our children. We don't have many children right now. We need to pray for more children. Are y'all praying for more children? Huh? You're praying for more old people. I'm praying for more old people. Huh? What about some of those in the middle there? I'm praying for them too, huh? Amen. <clears throat> Looking for the Lord to help us. And there are little things that we, should, we can always do better on. We can always uh, move up on. And so I felt this on my heart here tonight and I thought I'd bring it forth to you. And uh, Brother Jamie, he uh, bumped into some trumpet-blowing guy that I haven't ever met before. That uh, I was wondering if it was the same guy that Sam knew at one point. But anyway, he was out there talking about, you know, once God accepts you, you're forever saved. Forever saved. Huh? Yeah, I can't lose is what he said. And so, we need to pray. Amen. I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. Yeah. I was raised in that, that church. And you know what? And somehow or another in me, I never got that once saved, always saved stuff. I don't know how, it, but it's there. Right. And it's heavy. But we've got to remember that as long as we have asked the Lord to forgive us of our sins and we've kept up with our accounting, Sister Angel said tonight, said, if you fall, if you slip, if you sin, get it right fast, right then and there. Don't take any chance out because if we do, we'd probably be like one of those that came before Jesus and said, Lord, Lord, I did many mighty works in your name. Uh-huh. You know? Or maybe you say, I was in church every time I could be there and I paid tithe and I was faithful and I did whatever yeah. I could do. I don't want to be meant to lose out at the end. Uh-huh. Amen. <clears throat> I think those who lose out that are in those conditions are those who ended up being bitterness, hurt, unforgiveness. Then they get a mean spirit. Mm -hmm. Huh? Oh, I want to have a sweet spirit. I want my spirit to get sweeter as I go older. I'm not talking about easier. Huh? But sweeter. I want to be able to say to them, tears in my eyes, Oh, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. And I want to feel it, that how much I love them. Huh? But God's word does not change. Doesn't matter how old you get. No matter how young you are. God's word is forever settled in heaven. I'll not change it. You'll not change it. Calvin will not change it. Uh... The Methodist discipline won't change it. The assemblies of God, the church of God's, huh? Can't change it. It's the same. So let's come, let's gather around these altars. Let's ask God to help us here tonight.